Welcome to the Mama Theologians podcast. We are an online motherhood ministry on mission to revive spiritual growth in the midst of motherhood. We desire to further equip mothers just like you in theological study, biblical literacy, and spiritual formation. We pray that God will use these offerings for His glory and that He will revive and deepen your growth in Jesus. Today, you're listening to one of our Mama Theologians read their latest essay. This one, along with all of our essays, are also available on our website at mamatheologians.com. If something about this essay inspires you, we'd love to hear your comments and thoughts about it. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Mama Theologians. Birds, Birth, and Beauty, Knowing and Loving God Through Motherhood by Elizabeth Burgett. When I was pregnant with my first, I formed a very weird but very meaningful relationship with a bird in our backyard. In the ivy covering our fence, a mama cardinal made her home. As I rounded into the third trimester, I watched this bird gather leaves and twigs to make her nest from our muddy brown yard of a Minnesota march. I would nod at her approvingly from my window, recognizing in her behavior the painstaking hours I myself had spent researching cribs and swings and nursing chairs in the prior months. Mama Bird found a piece of ribbon in the alley. I scored a free changing table on Craigslist. We were both nesting. In the coming weeks, I would sneak a peek at what she built, climbing carefully onto a chair with my ever-growing belly and ever-worsening balance. One day in late April, there were eggs, three of them, light blue with brown speckles, As I hoisted myself down, I patted my own round egg and wiped away some hormonal tears. This mama and I were in it together. For the next two weeks, every time I checked in with the nest, the mama was there, sitting, brooding, her body warmth rearranging the tumult and unformed substance in the eggs into recognizable baby birds, incubating, quickening. I wondered if she felt impatient like I did. I wonder if she groaned and grunted sleeping on those hard shells like I rolled and tossed in my unsuccessful attempts at sleep with my aching back. I wondered if she had strange cravings and would send Papa Cardinal out looking for specific seeds like I once asked my husband to go get barbecued ribs at 9.15 a.m. And then one day, my windows opened to the spring air. I heard them. Tiny peeps chirped so little and new and vulnerable that it made me weepy. I waited until I saw Mama Cardinal fly away and then ran out for a peek at her babies. They were ugly and wonderful and full of life, and I marveled at the fact that what had once not been, now was. That what had once been silence and unformed substance was now a chirping baby bird with an appetite. After a minute, I heard the mama behind me, absolutely enraged that I would dare get within four feet of her babies. She was hollering at me, wings in a fury, threatening me to get away. I complied, and a few months later, I would recognize the same fury in myself when someone with unwashed hands touched my newborn's face. When I finally had my first baby, a few weeks after the baby cardinals had grown enough to fly off to make their own nests and their own lives, I found myself missing the living parable that had been Mama Cardinal's residence in our backyard. Those earliest days of motherhood were predictably tough, with their sleepless nights and bleeding nipples and mastitis. 
So many times I felt less like Mama Cardinal and much more like her featherless, defenseless baby birds as I navigated novel challenges each day and observed my whole identity shifting into something new and other. Mother. Just like I had watched those eggs transform into living beings with wonder, awe, and more than a little confusion. As everything changed in my life, from the way I ate, one-handed, to the way I slept, not much, to the way I showered, at lightning speed with the baby monitor on full volume, I found myself sensing transformation in my connection with God, too. Gone were the days of early morning quiet times with hours to pray and journal and meditate. Most days, I was lucky if I ate lunch, much less cracked open my Bible. And when I did get a chance to read God's word, I found myself a little jealous of my husband, who had innumerable God the Father references to cling to as our roles shifted into parenthood. I felt a disconnect from God, unsure of how to find him in a season of shifting identity. One day, I sat nursing in a sunlit patch of couch, and I remembered staring down at my newborn's face as he contentedly nursed and knowing that, like Mama Cardinal, I would do anything to protect his life. I had already done so much. I'd endured the rigorous nausea of early pregnancy, and I'd given up my lifelong love affair with unpasteurized cheese and the Jimmy John's Italian nightclub sandwich with its forbidden deli meat for nine whole months. I'd worn compression stockings and dealt with sciatic pain shooting down my left leg whether I was sitting, standing, or laying down. And I'd given birth to this baby boy which involved a complete surrender of myself to more than 10 hours of incredible pain in order to bring him forth into life. And in that moment, I recognized a God who has mothered me since the day of my birth. A God who, like me as I cared for my newborn, also never sleeps or slumbers in caring for me. A God who had nourished me and given me everything I needed, just like I'd nursed my baby when he cried and was hungry. A God who would go to great lengths to protect me, a God who endured the unimaginable pain of the cross to offer me a chance at new life, as I had endured the pain of labor and birth, in a minor semblance, to bring my son earthside. After that, the Bible began to come alive for me in new ways as I lived out God's love for his children in my own day-to-day, filled as they were with the mundane as well as the miraculous. Diaper changes and first steps, 4.45 a.m. wake-up calls and the way my son would reach for me from his crib. In all of it, I began to understand, experience, and practice God's love in ways that I never had before becoming a mother. In John 3, we get to eavesdrop on a conversation between Jesus and a teacher of the law, Nicodemus, who was there trying to figure out if Jesus was really the promised Messiah or not. Right off the bat, Jesus surprises this learned man who knew the ins and outs of God's dealing with the Israelites, and he tells Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is predictably confused because the idea of a physical rebirth is a ridiculous idea. But I'd venture to say that as a teacher, he was probably also more than a little stymied that Jesus would use the language of birth to describe what the Messiah came to bring to humanity. Because the Old Testament Israelites did not play around with bodily fluids. There are chapters upon chapters about how they were to deal with bodily fluids, including how long a woman was considered impure after giving birth. And I don't know how aware you were during your own births or if you've ever witnessed one, but birth is nothing but one celebration of bodily fluids. Jesus even continues with the analogy, telling Nicodemus that unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, calling to mind breaking waters in the midst of labor. 
And he goes on to explain that this rebirth would only be made possible through God sending his son into a very difficult death. We just celebrated Easter last month, and each year when I meditate on Jesus' journey to the cross, I am reminded again of how excruciatingly painful Jesus' death was. The torment leading up to his death contains notes of a painful labor, and I recall my own labors, long and fierce, parts of my body I hadn't even known about experiencing pain to the point that I often cried out, I cannot do this. But I did. I endured. And in Hebrews 12, 2, I resonate with why. We learn that Jesus, quote, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, end quote. The joy of new life is palpable, tangible, all-consuming. In the moment that each of my babies was born, I immediately forgot the pain of labor, even while my body still shook. In those moments, even as I wept, my immediate instinct was to reach. I used every last shredded fiber of my abdominal muscles to sit up and hold my babies. I needed to hold them because I could not contain the fierce feeling of mine that overwhelmed me. I greeted them with joy. I said their names over and over, murmuring, beautiful, beautiful, as I held them close to my chest. I had endured the pain of labor for the joy of birthing my babies into new life. And like God on the seventh day, I filled that hospital room with cries of, it is good, over and over again. In Luke 15.10, we read that all of heaven celebrates when even one person repents and steps into the new life that God has labored for since the earliest days of Eden. And from the conversation with Nicodemus, to the pain of the crucifixion, to the rejoicing in heaven over each rebirth, I see a God who intimately understands me as a mother. I've marveled again and again in the past nine years that God allows us mamas to co-create life alongside of him. I have wondered at the unique glimpse into what salvation really is that we are gifted as we grow, labor, birth, and care for our babies. And that unique understanding comes with a unique calling. We as mothers get to live out our days pregnant and uncomfortable, sleepless and exhausted, handing out snacks and sippy cups and changing diapers, knowing that God's love for us is as detailed and enduring. We as mothers get to revel in the limitless love of God, even as we recognize our own limitations when we strive and often fail at loving our children like we want to. Because we understand the mothering love of God and salvation, we mamas, like the three Marys at the tomb, get to tell the good news of God's love for us, equipped with empathy and understanding from our own day-to-day lives as mothers. We as mothers can describe the salvation offered in Christ in ways that only mothers can. Mamas, on this Mother's Day, God is calling us to live in the new life that God has labored towards since the earth's beginning. God is inviting us to live our days in such a way that we both recognize and live out the tireless, unending, fierce love of God in the day-to-day of diapers and dishes. God is calling us to bear the image of God right within our mothering in both the pain and the joy. Happy Mother's Day. Here are two practical takeaways. Number one, make a list of all of the ways you take care of your kids throughout the day. Watch yourself be stunned as the list grows longer than you expected. Put the baby down for a nap, mashed up a sweet potato, cleaned sweet potato from walls, table and one-year-old. Then take each item and reflect on how God takes care of you in similar ways. Thank God that he desires rest for you. Thank God he has promised to give you everything you need for life and godliness, including food. Recognize the way that you care for your kids reflects God's intimate care for you. And number two, read Luke 15, 1 through 10. 
Imagine the shepherd's joy at finding the lost sheep, the woman's rejoicing after finding the lost coin. Now think of the births of your children. Remember the raw emotion of meeting them for the first time and let yourself imagine how God rejoiced when you were saved. Let yourself savor the feeling of being loved, wanted, and cared for by God. Thank you for joining us here. We pray that the Holy Spirit is able to use these words to meet you right where you're at. If this episode resonated, we would be so honored for you to send it to a friend or to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These truly help us to reach more mothers with the love, hope, and spiritual growth that only Jesus can bring. And as always, Mama, in the midst of the busy and hard, yet high and beautiful privilege of motherhood, may you abide in Christ and grow more in love with Him this week.